it really mean to be selfish? In this week's episode, some insights, it took a major trauma to teach me. Welcome to Stroke of Wisdom, the podcast that aims to use personal trauma to shape meaningful life lessons. Hi, it's your host, Chanina, back with the latest installment of Stroke of Wisdom. Before I dive into this chapter, just a friendly reminder to subscribe to the series so you get notifications for new episodes as they are ready. I've got to admit, I opted to develop an episode on the topic of selfishness because it's a concept that's been a challenging one for me personally. That said, the reason that I felt like it was especially important to create this episode is because it really was one of the best pieces of advice that I received when rebounding from stroke trauma. And I also really feel like it's universally relatable. In fact, it was this piece of motivating advice that I kept receiving weekly through text message when I was at this really difficult point in my life and trying to figure out how I was going to get past this trauma and hoping and forcing and realizing that I was going to need to approach life differently if I was going to get past this difficult point in my life. Now, background established. Here's a little bit of, of, of insight for you. I was raised to believe being about yourself was just an ugly trait. Probably why I struggle with the idea of selfishness. Granted, Some people can do this very easily. I'm sure you probably know some of those people. But that was not necessarily me. And in fact, I always had a hard time putting my needs before others, largely because I wanted so so, so, so hard to be liked. I, I desperately wanted to be liked. And... The only way that I felt that I knew how to control the way that other people saw me is by letting them know that I cared about what they needed. Now, that's misguided thinking now because inside, you know, hindsight's 2020 and it takes you it takes you a level of maturity to realize that no matter what you do, people are either going to like you or they're not. I would say that that was something that was especially true when it came to work and to people. That all said, the way that you live life or the kind of approach that you take changes when you go through a traumatic event. And for me, it took the trigger of experiencing and suffering a a stroke. And after having that kind of event happen, If ever there were a way that you were going to change the way that you live life, it's going to be after you experience some kind of trauma. It's almost like you start to gain a different type of clarity because you realize that if you're going to get on the other side of those kinds of things, you're going to have to 
give yourself the permission to start making choices for yourself and you get the license to stop being polite. It's, it's almost like you get a little bit of a pass. And it's an especially lonely period because even though I, I can count the volumes of people that were supportive and were present and came to see me and loved me and opened their arms to me. The reality is, is that it's still a very, very lonely experience, especially when you realize that your life has been altered in a way that a lot of people can't really understand. And that's a very scary, lonely feeling. But I knew that this experience had armed me with some insight that was going to need to make me approach the way that I live life differently. The more time that I had alone during my recovery period, which went over several months, it was as almost with as time was passing, I realized how much time I had been wasting, not only not worrying about my own needs, but also all of the things that I had let contribute to the exhaustion that I was feeling and draining myself and, and, and allowing myself to kind of, I don't want to say crumble, but really just kind of break down because I wasn't giving myself the ability to, to restore myself. It's almost kind of like I needed to have the world around me pause. And, and that's kind of what my recovery was. It was kind of like a reset. Once I removed myself out of the daily grind of like life, when it's really easy to forget about taking care of yourself because you're going from the next, you're going from the next, you're going from the next, whether you're raising families or you're, you're, you have a demanding job, you're traveling, whatever that is, it is really easy to move from the next to the next to the next to the next. And forget about taking care of yourself. But when you're forced on recovery and you have medical specialists telling you that you are going to drain and you're giving too much of yourself and you actively need to remove yourself out of a certain environment, you have no choice but to take a forced breath. It was almost like, as the, as the days went, I felt myself breathing. I was acutely aware of I was acutely aware of every moment. And I was almost much more excited because I was allowed to be connected into every moment. And so when it came to that recovery period and that post-trauma experience, I, I realized that I was realizing that with those moments, I was giving myself permission to claim myself and to stop putting myself on the back burner. And suddenly the idea of being selfish didn't sound so bad because not only was it about my physical health, which of course is, is key, and I had never really had a major 
issue with before I had suffered this trauma. But by going through this trauma, I realized that I was doing all the harm to myself, to my physical well-being, and even to my inner self. Because by depleting myself, I was literally whittling down. And then what good was I going to be? So as, as the days and the weeks went on, and as I spent more time alone in trying to figure out how I was going to slowly re-enter the world and how I was going to start approaching my life differently than the way that I had before this major trauma, I realized it was going to have to be allowing myself to be plugged into every moment that I was living. So if I felt the need to sleep, I was going to have to allow myself to do that. Skipping meals, if I wasn't allowing myself to, to live any healthier. Working through breaks, draining myself, doing all these things that we don't realize that we do daily. And we all do that. And I realized that doing too many of those things had allowed me to keep sweeping myself under the, re- under the rug. As I realized and I moved through times, I, the, the concept of, of the value of being selfish started to become clear for me. And I, and I, came, I came to peace with three lessons about why being selfish wasn't necessarily the worst thing. Because the more that you give, here's lesson one, the more that you put out and that you give, someone else will take and take and take. And that other person gets to benefit from that energy that you're giving them, but you don't get to recoup. So that means you, you are entitled to be selfish if that's going to restore you. Lesson two is you can't get back what you continue to give out and put out. So, so don't spare what you can't bear to let go of. And the rest you're entitled to keep for yourself if that's going to make you better and feel as, as centered and as restored as you're going to be. Lesson three is that you are always responsible for protecting yourself. So you should feel entitled and empowered to do that. Now, as I use this word selfish and I started thinking about how important it was to care for myself and that all of those ways of self-care that I described in the beginning are examples of being selfish the concept of being selfish isn't about screwing the world and isn't about developing this negative approach. As I went through recovery and I went through this kind of period in my life, I realized that by selfish, by being selfish, I was reframing and, and allowing myself to apply a different lens to the word, which has a negative connotation and using it as an example to to describe and to talk about self-preservation. Because all of the choices that you make should be 
in your in your best interest and allowing you to make sure that you are the best centered version of yourself. And there shouldn't be the guilt that I used to consume shouldn't necessarily be there because it was all in the in the greater good of making sure that I was restoring and taking care of myself so that I was better for the world around me because you're no good if you're allowing yourself to be drained from those things. What it boils down to is that your duty is to yourself, especially since when it comes to the quality of life that you live, it's only based on the, on the output that you give and, and what it is that you allow yourself to kind of offer to the world around you. I mean, if you flip it, the way as I thought about this and as I went through my recovery period and as, you, as I allowed myself to flip this narrative, I realized that it's really about being kind to yourself so that you're the best version of yourself. And that's not trauma specific. I think that that's something that is very easy for any person living a very full, demanding life to do. It is very easy to forget to take care and restore yourself. The difference is just making sure that you're picking the moments to restore and to give and to care. And it, it doesn't mean alienating and, and, and shutting down everything else around you. It just means making sure that you're being as kind to yourself as you're going to be in order for you to be as, as impactful and truthfully the better version of yourself to somebody else. So self-care is one of those things that has to just be an active process. And as I move through this recovery and I think of what life was before this trauma and what levels I had to hit to, to realize that I had been neglecting and not taking care of myself it was a sad moment because those are those kind of things that should automatically just come with the way that you live life. I find myself empowered by the fact that I understand that my, that my long-term journey requires me taking care of myself if I'm going to continue to be here. So for any person that lets the world consume them like I used to let it before I suffered a trauma I understand but it may not be the worst thing to consider embracing the notion of selfishness if it means that you're going to allow yourself to be the best version of yourself to someone else when you need to be it's really all about self-preservation not always the most negative thing if you allow yourself to take care of yourself. Thanks for listening to Stroke of Wisdom. Don't forget to check out the show notes, subscribe to the podcast, and get notifications for the next episode. 
Thank you for listening to Stroke of Wisdom. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For the latest news and updates, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stroke of Wisdom or on Instagram at Stroke of Wisdom Podcast. If you have any questions about the show, you can email us directly at podcast at strokeofwisdom.com. Have a great day.